We wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we are recording on in Perth, Western Australia. The Wadjuk people of the Noongar Nation. We wish to acknowledge their continuing culture. And pay our respects to the Elders past, present and emerging. In a world where the lives of everyday people are preordained by the script that must be followed, a ragtag team of scamps dare to speak their highly unqualified opinions publicly. They dare to go off script. Unscripted the film show. You're listening to Unscripted the film show. You can't handle the truth. Man, I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Here's Johnny. <laughs> You're going to need a bigger boat. I'll have what she's having. Want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? Welcome to Unscripted, the film show. I'm Cecilia, joined in the studio with Lewis and Rachel. Hi, guys. Hello, Unscriptonites. Hello. And happy top ten night. It is. It's the night where we go through our top ten films of the year, uh, potentially our bottom fives. Uh, it kind of just is whatever these days because, yes. you know, since the the COVID's kind of hit and we started streaming a lot more, well, no, not even since COVID. It was more since streaming services took mm. over. Uh, we've been watching uh, not as much at the cinemas no. as we used to. So, yeah, now it's just we just go in and we just figure out what we liked and what we didn't like and we just put them on a list. <laughs> yeah, so the list is a little bit short for me this year because I haven't seen a whole lot and, um, yeah, watched a lot of TV shows but um, not as many movies this year. I, I had a, like, usually my, like, amount of movies is around about 65 on average per year. Um, but this year it was about 54. So either I'm forgetting stuff or mm. um, I'm a little bit off. But uh, it was you know, enough of a, uh, a list of things to be able to get my, to squeeze my top 10 out um, with some honourable mentions. But I couldn't do a bottom five. I've only got a bottom three. Yeah, um, I've got a bottom five, but really I was pushing. I really kind of only had two that I would comfortably put in there. So, yeah, it's been an interesting year. Mm. Um, and I've, I think I saw almost 40 movies, which is not that many. And Still pretty good effort. There are a few that would just absolutely stand out and some of them that are honourable mentions, like you said, but not good enough to be in a top ten. So... Um, yeah, but before we jump into all the top tens, we do have a couple of movies to review uh, tonight. A s- top one to mention is Wonka because it's out today and uh, everyone's going out to see it. So what's it like? It's, it's amazing. Oh, it's so good. Like, seriously, go. don't listen to me. Go out and buy tickets to Wonka and go and watch Wonka instead. Like, because I didn't realise going in this was going to be a musical and this is like a total musical. Oh, nice. Yeah, and it's... Um, it's great because if you look at like uh, Willy uh, Charlie and the Cho- no, sorry, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, mm-hmm. the first version with um, Gene Wilder. Wilder um, so the very first screen-based Wonka that we saw, he was a, an old, jaded Willy Wonka. The world had beaten this man down, and he was just like there to find somebody to to take over his his empire. And so he brought these children in to see who was the the right child to take over kind of thing. And he really was a a, a jaded 
down person who really didn't mind if children died in his chocolate factory. No one died. No one died. No, no one died, but there's that possibility there. He's like, oh, no, stop. <laughs> <laughs> like, Please, uh, no, yeah. stop. So he is like really like jaded, but... With Wonka, you turn that on its head and you're getting a Willy Wonka who is at the height of optimism of just like, I'm coming to this new place and I'm going to be opening up a chocolate shop and I'm going to be really successful and it doesn't matter how much money I've got now, it's going to be all roses and chocolates. And it's just like filled with some really great catchy songs that will stay for you for days afterwards um it's bright it's colorful it's cheerful nothing that happens like gets him down he's always got a a plan of doing things and it's got so much magic and heart and warmth in this in this movie um it's you know it's absolutely brilliant and then you've got great actors in this as well uh timothy chalamet is just oh the guy just pops he's just oh yeah he just pops he pops off the screen. And he sings, like, clearly. Business. Oh, my God. Does he sing? Oh, it's great. Um, so, yeah, he's, he's fantastic. Um, you've also got, uh, like, there's three uh, chocolate shop owners um, and two of the owners, you've got uh, Matt Lucas, who plays Prodnose. Uh, you've got Matthew uh, Bayton, who plays Fickle Gruber, and Patterson Joseph, who plays Slugworth. They're three uh, existing chocolate shop owners in this town who are competing against each other, supposedly. Uh, and they are like, no, 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 no. You can't come into our town and sell our chocolate in our town. This is our town. And it's, it's a real, like, uh, you know... Uh, having somebody come in and just like try to start up it's like David and Goliath in mm. chocolate um, it's very very cool uh, but then um you got Olivia Coleman as Mrs. Scrubbit, uh, who uh, owns a Miss uh, Mrs. Scrubbit, who owns a uh, uh, like a bed and breakfast kind of thing and the whole the whole conceit of it is just ridiculous that people stay there and they get uh, sign a, a contract to pay for the, their night they stay there and there's all these add-ons that they didn't expect to pay for and eventually they've just got to start working in her laundry to, <laughs> to, to uh, manage to, to uh, survive. Um, it's just it's stupid. It's great. It's fantastic. It's just I saw this film and went, this is amazing filmmaking. Uh, I believe that the director of this was a director of. Um, uh, uh, what's his name? Paddington Bear. Yeah, yes. uh, yep. Paddington One and Two. That they, this th- kind of sells it for me because I absolutely love Paddington One and Paddington Two specifically is even better. Uh, and I think I've like said this many, many times, but I don't think either of you have seen it still. I've seen Paddington. Oh, you have. Yeah. Uh, what about Paddington Two? Yes, I think I've seen both of them. Ah, because yeah, that's the one with Hugh Grant in it, who's yeah. also in Wonka. He is. It's very colourful, very much like Wonka as well. It's very colourful, and people keep you know, asking me, is this a good kids film? Because obviously you've got the Johnny Depp one and even the Gene Wilder one, which c- kind of a little bit creepy. Yeah. But I would say this is hands down a kids film. Um, Wonka? Yeah, oh, hands down. Take, like there's the nothing creepy about yeah. it. Um, It's a real kind of uh, feel-good film, very visually mm. fun to watch, lots of laughs. Uh, yeah, throughout. So I say, yeah, it's definitely a, a family fun film. Hundred percent. And this guy, the, the director, uh, <laughs> he did Paddington, Paddington Two. Uh, he also directed some of Space Force. He he did um, uh, some stuff for Little Britain, uh, The Mighty Boosh. Uh, like oh, this guy, yeah. he understands comedy. He understands heart um, <laughs> and quirkiness as and well. Quirky. Oh my goodness! It just 
it was amazing. visually it was just a, a sumptuous feast for your eyes yeah. from the very start to the very finish. I honestly went in thinking I was not going to like this. Walked out and yeah, big smile on my face. Really enjoyed it from start to finish. Man, uh, so I yeah, cannot really, really wait to see this. I have a feeling it would have been in my top ten had I seen it. Um, having read the book three times, and it's interesting that you talk about the first Gene Wilder movie being he's like completely over it and he's jaded or whatever when you read the book that's not the feeling you ever get about um Willy Wonka Mm. at all and I think the second movie with Johnny Depp tries to stay a little bit closer to that one but this one I think has taken inspiration I haven't seen it but it sounds like it's taken more inspiration from the book in that you know Willy Wonka was like a quirky kind of dude full of optimism and positivity and yeah, that's what you get from the book as well. So it'll be interesting to see it. Hopefully I will see it soon. I am going to give uh, Wonka. Uh, oh, and just Hugh Grant is fantastic mm-hmm. and they don't overuse him as well. Yeah. So don't go in there thinking that he's going to be a sidekick all throughout the film. He's used uh, very sparingly, but whenever he's on screen, he, it's, it's just wonderful stuff. Uh, so I am going to give this one... Um, I'm going to give it one of those um, uh, five uh, of the, the teacups you can eat. Yeah. Oh, mm. edible teacups. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to score it for uh, four travelling chocolate kits. Mm. Nice. 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 <laughs> uh, well, there's another couple of movies to quickly review before we jump into a sponsor and then our tops and bottoms. That sounds weird. Um, Candy Cane Lane is now out and it's on Prime Video. Um it is the season for Christmas movies and here is a new one of Eddie Murphy looking 30 years younger than he actually is because <laughs> he never ages. And he plays a, a dude uh, called Chris Carver and he's a Christmas obsessed and he's on a, he's got a street, um, Candy Cane Lane, and everybody on the street decorates their house and every year there's a competition and unfortunately he's never won, which is surprising to me because he makes his own decorations out of wood like he carves them. So hence the name Chris Carver. Get it? Carving. Anyway, um, his lovely wife, uh, played by Tracy Ellis Ross, puts up with him. Her name is Carol. Um, there's there's a little bit of a, a play on names mm. and Christmas things here. You've got Chris, Carol, their, two, their three kids, Joy, Holly and Nick, as in <laughs> Nicholas. Um, so... Yeah, he's obsessed. He wants to win this year and he decides he's going to drive around and try and find the perfect place to get some some last-minute things to really boost it up. And he finds this hole-in-the-wall Christmas place that's like underneath a freeway, you know, underpass. So it looks dodgy, but it doesn't look dodgy. It looks amazing, but it's like, where did this come from? And... He signs this contract making a wish with this uh, person called Pepper who it turns out to be like a bit of a naughty elf um, and if he doesn't collect a certain amount of like the the pear, the partridges in a pear tree, the five golden rings, all of these things by a certain time, he and his family will get shrunk down into like miniature-sized little ornaments. Oh, that's not good. Yes, and he finds this out because he meets all of these ornaments where it's happened to them before. So him and his family have to go around and collect all these things so that um, that doesn't happen. Um, it's kind of a cute story. I wasn't expecting much, but um, it, it's quite entertaining. And my, Bryce liked it. Um, Gillian Bell plays Pepper, which is obviously short for Peppermint. Um, 
And then you've got the voices of Nick Offerman playing uh, Pip. You've got uh, David Allen Greer playing Santa Claus. So there's there's a bunch of familiar voices and some familiar faces. So it's on Prime. It's not bad. So you could you could go worse. Um, the other film that I watched uh, is on. Netflix and it's called Fair Play and it's got I always struggle to pronounce both of these names Phoebe Devna uh Deneva uh, and you said it before Aldrin 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 Yes so Phoebe mm, yep her name that I can't pronounce she was in Bridgerton she played the the one who got Anyway, doesn't matter. It's not important. <laughs> you can look at who it, who's in it. Um, but her and her boyfriend are in this relationship and they can't tell anybody at work because apparently it's against the rules to date. They work um, as stockbrokers at this really high-flying place and she is expecting her boyfriend to get this promotion and she gets it Ooh. and then it complicates their relationship. Uh, that is the very short version of it. There is some, um, yeah, he, his, his ego gets trashed a little bit. It's, it's not good for his ego to have his girlfriend who, um, you know, he was expecting to get this job and then she gets it and it just hurts his ego a bit. But it's an okay film. Uh, I'm going to give it three. And I didn't score Candyland, but Candy Lane, Candy Caneland. Anyway, can't Candy talk. Lane. Yeah, I'm going to give that three as well. So very quick little reviews there just so that you know there's some new stuff out there before we actually jump into our top tens. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, on that note, we'll take a break and we'll come back and we'll get started. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Right, let's get started. Top 10, bottom five. Usually we do a bit of a round robin with this one, but we've decided this year just to um, go through each of our lists individually. Uh, and I think, Lewis, you're going you're gonna to start us off. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, like uh, our list will always be very, very different. We've got very diverse kind of mm. tastes in, uh, in films. So, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what everyone has to say for the year 2023. So... Um, yeah, mine, it's got uh, some interesting stuff in there. And, like, what I did to get my list was go back and list every single film I saw this year. Some of them I put a rating out of five beside them in my calendar. Mm. Some I hadn't, so I had to kind of, like, think back about what, mm-hmm. what I would rate it now kind of thing. Um, and I ended up seeing 54 films in total. Uh, and uh, But a lot of them were, like, you know, there was only a few that were, like, two. And then... There's a whole bunch like 3.5 to 4.5 and then there's about 10 that are a 5. So mm-hmm. I think like, overall like 2023 was a, a pretty pretty good year for films uh, or at least there wasn't a lot of crap in there. So. Yeah. <laughs> or we chose wisely. <laughs> or or we, we chose wisely indeed. So um, I'll, I'll give you my top, my top 10. So the, the first film, uh, well, the, the 10th film in my top 10 uh, is a, a film called Spoiler Alert um, and it was a, a film with... Uh, Jim Parsons and uh, Ben uh, 
Aldridge in uh, in the uh, the movie. Uh, they play um, uh, lovers, partners, boyfriends, uh, Michael Ostello and Kit Cowan. Uh, and their relationship is uh, turned upside down when um, Kit is diagnosed with a, a rare cancer. Uh, and it's it's an interesting story of like, you know, um, a romance, but then a romance is kind of interrupted by sickness and, and how, how those things are dealt with. And it's, it sounds like a very depressing story, but it actually has a lot of uplifting moments. It's very funny as well, uh, in, in part. So, um, it's, uh, I just thought it was a really brilliantly written, acted and directed film. And, um, yeah, I highly recommend, uh, tracking that one down to, to check it out. It's, a, you know, a little bit sad, uh, based on a, it's based on a novel and I think it's actually based on a true story. Uh, but don't, don't take my word for that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, it's it very, was a while ago. It's a while ago that I saw it. So yeah, but yeah, spoiler is my number ten choice. Um, at number nine, they say it's very hard to make a a, a movie about a video game. Uh, so I think the best way to make a, a movie about a video game is to make it animated. And this year we saw the Super Mario Brothers movie come out, and it was excellent. It was absolutely fantastic. Like if you're a person who, who played Mario games or plays Mario games, uh, you will uh, you know love it and experience all the references. Uh, I thought the voice acting was amazing. The animation was fantastic. The story was just great and fun and silly. Um, so yeah, Super Mario Brothers is coming in at my number nine. Worth it just for the Peaches song. Oh Jack yeah, Jack Black. Just always fantastic. And such you know, easy lyrics as well, like peaches, 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 peaches. peaches, peaches. peaches, peaches. It's a very, very uh, easy uh, so, um, easy song to remember. Um, my number seven, sorry, my number eight film uh, coming in at number eight uh, is a film from the UK about uh, girls. I'm pretty sure that they're from... Uh, India, um, but uh, I don't, don't think it was. Are they from India? I hope they are. Oh, so. was this the Pride and Prejudice type takeoff that was like a? Oh, sorry, they're, they're, sorry, they're British Pakistani. My apologies. Um, so they're uh, two girls who are uh, British Pakistani. Uh, one of them is it's like you know, getting ready to get married. Uh, the other, the other one, the younger sister, is like, oh, this is a ride. Oh, it's not good. Oh, he's a bad guy. Um, and the mum's really terrible. She's not wrong. Um, <laughs> it's, but there's like this element of like superheroics and just uh, sci-fi and off the wall. It's just a really great mixture of you know, all these elements. What um, was the movie called? I feel like... Uh, it's called Polite Society. Thank you. Polite Society. This is a great film. People must see this film. Like just... So much fun. It's just ridiculous fun. So um, I, I saw this, I think, like February. Uh, it was like right early in the year. But it's one of those ones that stay with me and uh, absolutely brilliant. We need more of this kind of stuff in our cinemas. So, um, yeah, d- go and uh, track it down. It'll find it on a streaming service. If you can find a physical copy, good luck to you. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Polite Society is my number eight. Uh, coming in at number seven uh, is a, a film uh, Cecilia and I uh, saw a little while back called uh, Saltburn. Uh, before we saw this, uh, Tegan said, uh, "You'll see things in this film that you've never seen before." And like, come on, I've seen live, I've seen, I've seen a real birth on film. I've seen everything. What, what can they show me I haven't seen? They showed me stuff I hadn't seen. Um, <laughs> this. Uh, uh, yeah. This film uh, really, um, uh, yeah, it's a great film, fantastic film, brilliantly written, brilliantly directed, brilliantly acted, 
but it has a massive disclaimer on it going, if you cannot stand, like, nudity and sexuality and people doing weird stuff, <laughs> then then this is not the film for you. But if you can handle that, see this film. It's a, it's a great uh, film to go, this is how you make a film, which is unique and different and weird. Uh, but, yeah, check it out. Saltburn, number seven. Uh, coming at number six, Da Bomb. Da Bomb? Da Bomb, is it D-A? No, no, it's Oppenheimer. Oh, <laughs> oh right. Is, okay. Bomb? Is, I'm like, I don't know if seeing that. <laughs> Oppenheimer's Da Bomb, yo. Da Bomb. Oh, God. Got it, got it. Uh, yeah. uh, please, please never do that again. <laughs> yeah, coming in number six, Oppenheimer. Um, yeah, Christopher Nolan's new epic. Uh, you know, it was three plus hours and you didn't feel a minute of it. Uh, so well structured. Um, it was just uh, Killian, Killian, Cillian? Cillian. Cillian. Cillian, but, sorry, Cillian Murphy uh, is just, you know, you can see why he's Christopher Nolan's darling. Like really, the guy just knows how to bring it. Um, yeah, so uh, Oppenheimer also got uh, Robert Downey Jr. in there. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, Robbo just does good work, good work. Uh, yeah, it is, like I, I joke about being the bomb, but it's a really good <laughs> film. Check it out, number six. Uh, coming in, number five. What's better than a bear? A bear on cocaine. <laughs> cocaine bear coming at number five. This film, when I saw the trailer for it, I went, I think I love this film. I haven't even seen it, but I, I'm in love with it. Like, is this the best uh, film, written film in the world? No. Is it the best acted film in the world? No. Is there the best direction? No. <laughs> did I enjoy the crap out of this film? Yes, yes I did. Uh, to the point where I've, I bought it on, uh, on the Blu-ray. It's the ultimate maximum cocaine edition. I'm looking forward to seeing it. <laughs> Cocaine Bear, number five. Uh, coming in at number four, a film I would never in a million years have thought would be on my can, top ten can list. Can I guess? Can I guess Barbie? Barbie is on my top ten list because it's freaking good. <laughs> it is such a good film. So well made, so well cast, so well acted. Just, oh, so good. <laughs> so good. Uh, the only thing I've complained about is the executives. I think they're, they're overused and don't need to be in the film as much. But besides that, definitely, it yep. is such a good film. So Barbie is great if you haven't seen it. If you're being a tool, if you're a dude, you go, I'm not seeing a Barbie film. Be a, be a, be a man. man. Be a man. Men watch Barbies. Go watch Barbie. Don't be a tool. Uh, so Barbie's coming in number four. Number three, just spoke about it. Wonka, fantastic film. Go and see it. Go and see it again. And go and see it for a third time. It's it's kind of weird. It's one of these films where it's a, a musical, it's on screen. I guarantee you within five years, Wonka will be a musical on Broadway. Mm. You, that's, that's yeah, my, definitely. That's, that's my, my, Having not even seen it, I yeah. can still agree. <laughs> that's my guarantee right there. Uh, coming in at number two, uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, this was the follow-up to the, uh, the original uh, you know, Spider-Verse film uh, and it was just great, great story, great voice acting, great animation, just great follow-up to the, uh, the original film, just uh, absolutely fantastic. And my number one film of the year is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. It was a fantastic end to the, the Guardians trilogy of films. It was the uh, the a great sign-off for James Gunn in his Marvel run before he goes off to DC to hopefully fix it. Uh, <laughs> and just, yeah, it was good. It was a bit more like it had a lot more emotional impact for me and for Kat because it is about Rocket being, you know, dying through mm-hmm. pretty much most of the film. And at the same time we had Abby at home also dying so there was that added uh, little bit of heartfeltness to the, the film and it, uh, it kind of like tugs at my heartstrings every time I see it. But, uh, yeah, still a mm-hmm. fantastic film, Guys of the Galaxy Volume 3. Um, 
honourable mentions. Uh, the Whale, uh, I think it might actually be a 2022 film. Ah, uh, yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's uh, I saw it in 2023 and it was it was really good. Um, but uh, it's one of those films where you, you sit and you just go, this is great, I never want to see it again. Don't know who, who to recommend it to. But <laughs> yeah. great acting, just really, really good. Uh, Evil Dead Rise was great, uh, but yeah, obviously not a top five film, but just still really interesting to watch a, you know, a new version of the Evil Dead uh, franchise. Uh, the Marvels was really good. Uh, again, does not hit that peak of being a top five, a top ten film, but still a really fun ride. Dick's the Musical. This is going to be a, a cult classic. It's a cult classic in the making. It's in cinemas now. Go and see it. No hard feelings. My God. Jennifer Lawrence is amazing. <laughs> just, just the balls on that girl, I tell you. It's just, uh, just, just the things that she does. Just, uh, <laughs> I think she's, a, she's great. There uh, should be more people like her. Uh, so, yeah, the No Hard Feelings, uh, you can get that on uh, physical media and I'm sure it'll be streaming somewhere. I don't know where, but go and check it out. Now, for every good film... There is some bad films, but uh, as I said before, not as many bad films as uh, previous. Like usually, we've got a bottom five. I can only squeeze out three, three bad films. I'm just like, yeah. Are they even in order? Uh, well, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. They are in order. So I'll go from least worst, least worst to worst worst. Okay. So um, Napoleon, just I don't know what was going on there. Um, just did not. Seemed to work at all. Um, uh, Joaquin Phoenix was making some weird choices. Uh, the battle scenes were just not badly enough. It looked like a you know, bunch of people just putting on costumes and doing one of those reenactments on a Sunday. Uh, so yeah, Napoleon, uh, don't don't uh, waste your money. Just uh, you know, stay at home and 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 not see anything. Uh, just watch a wall. It's more entertaining. <laughs> Uh, Hunger Games, uh, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Why did they make this film? Like, it's like the, the whole the Hunger Games thing is set like 90 years in the future uh, of this, this particular film they made. This is how they're saying President Snow started off as a good guy, mm. but uh, how he became the bad guy that we know and hate. As kind of like, no, no, you've, you've, you, this film is, is not showing me that. This is, it, this also, is, I think he was a psychopath the whole time. You think it was like that? I think a little bit, yeah. Yeah, because to me it wasn't. To me it was like good guy, good guy, good guy, good guy, nutbag. Yeah, well, yeah, this is why I think he was a psychopath to start off with Mm. because all of those nutbags in real life, the first, like you think they're charismatic, they're amazing, they're just these wonderful people and they end up turning into psychopaths. That's because they're psychopaths from day one. Mm. It's just that they covered really well. Yeah, but I didn't think that film uh, put that over very well. So I was just like, it was one, I very rarely see that film just going, where is this freaking thing going to end? And, I wanted to leave. Yeah, I wanted to leave. And the, and the film was like in Act 1, 2 and 3. And like with The Hunger Games, you expect it to finish after The Hunger Games finishes. Mm. And the film kept going. And you're like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes, just pretend it doesn't exist. Enjoy the original yep. Hunger Games. Just don't bother with this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and coming at number one, a film that looks so promising was just so mediocre babylon it was just it was just terrible um, babylon it, it, margot robbie was in it and Brad oh, Pitt didn't was that in come it. out last year no, no no that was the beginning of this year for real yeah wow so yeah so, so there, there you go um that is my my top 10 uh honorable mentions and bottom three so take that for what you will um you know if you like some of the stuff i uh didn't like or if you didn't like some of the stuff i liked then that's movies for you. 
Yeah. Excellent. I uh, yeah, enjoy, I always enjoy listening to um, what, what you guys have as your top ten, bottom five. So interesting. Uh, well, we might take another break and we'll come back and we'll keep going. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. Unscripted nights. We are doing our top ten, bottom fives, and honourable mentions. That's us. That's Lewis what we're doing. Has just given his. Uh, very interesting mix there. And yeah. uh, Rachel, I believe you are next. I am next. I am indeed. And again, I couldn't fill out my 10. When I walked in, I had seven. I now have eight. Huh, wow, that's impressive. Well, I was listening to you and reconsidered stuff and moved some stuff about, even last minute move about. So this is my problem with the top 10 every year is that there's some movies that I just don't think are better than others and I feel like kind of... I feel bad about giving them a number. But anyway, here we go. Um, So my number eight coming in, number eight, is Spider-Man Across the Universe. Nice. Which I've watched twice this year because it's already on streaming. Um, Number seven is Love at First Sight. Um, It's kind of a lame rom-com on Netflix, but I just liked removing my brain sack and just letting (laughs) it wash over me. Brain sack. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Sometimes you need a movie that... (laughs) needs absolutely no no mental space at all. Mm-hmm. So um, actually based on my list of movies, it kind of tells you the year that I needed this year was a year of movies that it needed not too much of my brain sack. So, <laughs> yeah, make of that what you will. Um, Cocaine Bear came in at number six and this is where I had trouble. I'm like, oh, is this on par with some other movies it was really really hard to start giving it numbers but um it's freaking hilarious uh i keep meaning to re-watch it but um i just haven't gotten around to it some of the most hilarious death death scenes that you will ever see um yeah just freaking hilarious number five again this was tough because i couldn't work out with Oppenheimer and Barbie, I moved them back and forth, back and forth between five and four over and over again. But this is the final final one. Number five is Barbie and number four is Oppen- Oppenheimer or as Lewis wants to call it, Dabom. Dabom.com. <laughs> no, don't ever do that either. That's that's embarrassing. Um, and like you said, it is a three, over three hours. Didn't feel a minute of it, minute of it and it was really just stunning as all Christopher Nolan movies are and but it is also very sensory overload mm. which a lot of his movies are as well so um yeah number three is a documentary that I think is on Apple ITV uh, what is it called Apple Play Apple TV Plus Apple T- yep that one yep don't make it so hard for me Apple just call <laughs> yourself Apple um and it is the documentary about Michael J Fox which is called Still now the beauty of this documentary was you've got interviews with um Michael J Fox now and, you know, you see kind of his family life and how he goes about um, doing things with, with Parkinson's and it tells the story of how he discovered he had it and how he worked through it and hid it and the beauty is that they are telling the story with all these clips from his movies and TV shows that he's been in. So you're not you're seeing Michael J Fox but you're seeing like a character. Mm. Michael J. Fox. It's really hard to explain, 
but it's magic. So if they're explaining, you know, uh, if if he's talking in an interview and saying I started walking down this hallway and I felt like I was going to fall, they show a scene from a Michael J. Fox movie where he's walking down a hallway. Oh, okay. That's oh. what I mean. That's the best description I can give you. Uh, it's incredible if you haven't seen it yet. Um, number two is Joyride, which has one of the best, like, impromptu singing scenes ever, um, some just hilarious tattoos. I saw this with you, yes. didn't I? Yep, yes. yep. If you haven't seen it and you want to laugh with your entire body, you really, really need to see this and I need to actually see if it's streaming anywhere yet. But essentially um, this young girl... Uh, is adopted. She's of Chinese background and when she grows up she wants to, initially she doesn't need feel the need to meet her biological parent or mother but then circumstances arise and she goes to China with um, her best friend who's also Chinese um, and, yeah, a couple of other people and they have a girl trip and hilarity ensues. Um, yeah, it's kind of... It reminds me a little bit of Bridesmaids but turned up to 11 mm. and really dirty in mm. places and it's... Because yeah. you don't... When you say Chinese girls, dirty is not the first word that comes to mind. Well, no, no, <laughs> no. But there's conversations about genitalia and then visuals of... <laughs> Said genitalia. <laughs> yeah, you really... It's just... It's freaking hilarious. Um, and my number one of the year is Air, which came out right at the start of the year. Um I watched it twice. Uh, it came out. I watched it, and then I literally put on my calendar air on available on Prime on whatever it was like January the twelfth or February the twelfth. It was the twelfth of something, okay. <laughs> and I put it on there, and I watched it literally the day it dropped on streaming um, for the second time. It is the story of how the uh, Jordan Air shoe came to be essentially and Nike was really a struggling company and they were known really just for their running shoes and um, Matt Matt Damon plays this dude who's desperate to get Michael Jordan on board um, to help sell Nike but he's he's you know going to be the best player in the world he can see it and so can Adidas and um, Converse. So he's got to fight these two really big companies to try and win Michael J. Fox. Michael Jordan. Yep. And did I say Michael Jackson at any point? No, you did not. Oh, yay. Well done, (laughs) me. Um, It's also got Ben Affleck in it who's, you know, plays the the guy who's in charge of Nike. So it's got a lot of really great people in it and I'm pretty sure it's probably still streaming on Prime. So that was my number one. Yeah. Um, Honourable mentions... Um, we have Gran Turismo, which is the true story of a dude who is a gamer who they turn into an actual, um, real car driver based on a true story. David Harbour's in it. Um, TMNT Mutant Mayhem. Uh, it's not for me. This is in my honourable mentions because my son loved it and I think they did a spectacular job of delivering it to the screen for this kind of audience Mm -hmm. and it very much reminded me of Spider-Man Across the Universe, had really amazing animation and I think brought it into like this generation. So Knock at the Cabin, which I was surprised came out this year. 
but apparently it did. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, that was entertaining. I remember liking that. And Pamela, which is a documentary on Netflix about Pamela Anderson when she, where she really kind of bears her soul mm. and it's just a really interesting look at her life and how she dealt with all of her scandals. Um, my bottom five um, is in least worst to most worst. Gosh, so difficult to say. We Have a Ghost, which was a streaming movie um, that had Marvel dude in it. It was David Harbour oh, in that as well, wasn't it? Yeah, oh, he da- was too. David Harbour mm. and oh, what's that guy's Taro was in it. Um, and oh, Captain America dude, the new Captain America dude. Oh, um, uh, <laughs> it's on the tip of my tongue. I was going to say Sam Wilson, but that's, he's so that's there. I'm like, what's his name? Mm. Ah. Yep, yep. But it's uh, it, yeah, it was just not very entertaining at all. And I watched it literally because I knew that Tignataro was in mm-hmm. it. Um, and actually, her other movie that came out on Netflix um, this year, Your Place or Mine, was almost in my top ten. Anthony so. Mackie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you you very much. Um, Then my number four, The Hunger Games, The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. Lewis said everything. Why? Why? (laughs) I literally was like, what would happen if I left after 40 minutes? What would happen? Who would say, would would I miss something? Um, I persevered. President Snow is not Darth Vader. He's not that interesting a character. He doesn't need a prequel. No, no, not at all. And his prequel did not make any any sense whatsoever. Um, Number, mm, what would you call this? Three. Oh, Lyle, Lyle Crocodile, which is about a crocodile pet that sings. Oh, come on, that was cute. (laughs) No, no, it wasn't. Um, Book Club, the next chapter. I saw this because it was set in Venice. That was the entire reason I saw it. And that is all it had going for it. (laughs) It was woeful. Did you watch Murder in Venice as well? Because that was set in Venice. No, I didn't. I meant to. You should watch it. It's good. Thank you. Um, And the worst movie I saw this year I think will surprise you at least, Lewis, was Tetris. (laughs) It's actually pretty bad. Uh, Because I think the story, the true story, is really, really interesting and how did they manage to F that up? I will never understand. It's because it's based on the guy who tried to... It's not based on the guy who made the game. Which no. was the far more interesting story. It's based on the guy who tries to sell the game. Yeah, or make bring it, it into America, yeah. essentially. Mm. Yeah. But it just... And then they brought all this espionage into it and yeah. all this... There was stuff in there that didn't actually happen in real life, but they've just pumped it in there. Some of the stuff was, but they just... Overdramatized. They threw in a car chase. I'm like, come on, mate. This is really an interesting story. You've just ruined it. Mm. So, yeah, I'd disappointed. Agree with that. Yeah. Mm. Mm. But anyway, that was my um, top eight honourable mentions and bottom five. Ooh, another interesting mix. All right, guys, we'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to Unscripted, the film show. And we are back. Um, I have to preface with I've written my, like, top ten down, like, from one to ten. So now I'm going up my iPhone. And I've also put a synopsis with each one. So if I'm not quite, don't quite seem with it, it's because I'm going up looking for my next one because it's just not very well. It's not clear. Um, 
written. But let's start off. So my number 10 is a film called Tar, which is a bit of a psychological drama uh, written and directed by Todd Field. It stars... It's about toddlers when you're trying to get something off them and they won't give it to you. Tar, 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 tar. Uh, No, it's got Kate Blanchett as uh, this widely considered um, greatest living composer. But let's be honest, she's a bit off a... Uh, narcissist, not a very nice person. So, um, yeah, really interesting psychological. Uh, I, I won't go too much into the plot details, but there's a lot of kind of me too cancel culture based stuff uh, in this film that unfolds um, as you watch her uh, live out her, her career there. Uh, my number nine is a film called Joyride, which uh, Rachel has already um mentioned um i think i'd love to play the the Nicki minaj song that they do but i think we cannot play that on air probably not appropriate but Mm -hmm. again yeah i i kind of struggled with putting this one on here because it felt almost like oh it's a comedy and you know i often want to put on like really you know prestigious films but i think i have not laughed this much in such a long time the last time i laughed this hard was the nicholas cage movie last year of massive talent and i 100 percent agree with that so I had to put this on here uh, and then moving up to my number eight uh, we have Cocaine Bear again what? another film which I didn't think would be on there but I just had a lot of fun yeah. with this film and I think sometimes it's just about having fun mm-hmm. with the film 100% um, so I had to go on here uh, moving up to number seven I put a film called Dumb Money on this one, oh, yeah, with, yeah. Um, which is based on a true story, which sees a uh, more than a thousand percent spike in the value of uh, GameStop shares, which is like a equivalent to kind of EB Games mm. shop in America uh, during the COVID nineteen uh, pandemic, and it stars Paul Dano as the guy behind it, who's kind of a financial analyst and uh, amateur investor known as uh, the Roaring Kitty to his fans. <laughs> but look, I just really enjoyed this film. It was a story I didn't know about and I just enjoyed the performances uh, in there. You've got Paul Dano as the main guy and I just uh, really enjoyed the film. Is it a top 10 type of film? Maybe not for a lot of people, but I, I enjoyed it. Sorry. It's, it's in there. It's in there. Maybe do a bit of research and investing what the hell selling short was. That's it. Uh, moving up to, I think I'm on number six because I haven't yes. actually labelled these. Silly Goose. You are up to number six. Uh, is another film. Uh, it's a film called Polite Society, which, uh, again, Lewis has already mm. mentioned and was on his I'm uh, glad it wasn't list. just me. No, I really <laughs> enjoyed this film. Uh, I really liked it, that it kind of had something for everybody. It was kind of part heist film, part, you know, tribute mm. to Bollywood uh, and, you know, kung fu movies as well in there as well. And, a, you know, a real celebration of sisterhood. Mm. So I really enjoyed this film. And it's a film that I know I'll watch again, hands down. Really enjoyed it. Uh, number five is Oppenheimer. Uh, does not need any introduction. The bomb. Uh, it is the <laughs> bomb. But I think what I really enjoyed most about the film was uh, the excellent use of sound, how mm. throughout the film it was just you could hear noise the entire time until the moment you get to the, the bomb testing and it actually goes silent at mm. that point uh, for a, a period of time and then really hits you. So I think it was just a really well-made film, a really difficult mm. to fault. Uh, at all. So 
Uh, moving up to number four is Air, which Air, that sounded very American, Air. Air. Uh, I really liked this. I liked the story. I, I think it was such a cool soundtrack too. Oh, my God, the soundtrack. Really cool um, and just well acted all around. I, I think. As soon as this movie started, it started with like... Um, I can't remember what song it was, but it was a song that was peak in 1984 and they pulled a lot of movie clips and stuff from 1984, which mm-hmm. for me is one of the peak years of movie making. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, and they used a lot of like music that sounded like their soundtrack, not just the the music where with lyrics and stuff. What do you call it? The composition, the, the not the soundtrack. Arrangement. The, the, yeah, that that composing. Yes, score. yep, score. score. Thank score. you. We got score. there in the we end. Yeah, the we're, score we're was. Still, we are definitely <laughs> I know. film experts. I swear. Oh my god. Yeah, the score was amazing. The score was amazing. Um, number three is a film I feel disgusting having it on my list, but it's Saltburn. <laughs> <laughs> like I feel gross, but it was it was a good film and I enjoyed it, and it still sits with me. Like I still think about this film and go the hell did I watch? And then, you know, the scene at the end, I will just never listen to that song the same way again. Mm. Like, I will just never be able to. But it's quite a good film. <laughs> it's, it's, I hate recommending it to people because I feel like they're going to go they're and gonna watch judge this you. and they're going to be like, who what are you, What is sicko? wrong with you? I know. And, um, yeah, I've already been called out. Someone said to me, why would you have recommended that to me? And I'm like, it just wasn't for you, obviously. <laughs> um, I enjoyed this film uh, immensely. And I have to admit, watching it, I was like, mm, but then I got to the end and thought, nah, this is a good film. Uh, I think it challenges you in a yeah. way that you've never been challenged. And I think I always appreciate that. Uh, number two for me is a film called Blackberry, uh, which really tells the story of two men behind the rise and fall of uh, the world's first smartphone, the Blackberry. But I just liked it. It's shot in handheld style that kind of sometimes gives you this feeling that you're eavesdropping. Mm in the hallway as these events unravel. It's just a really good example of a low-budget but well-made film. It just goes to show you don't need all the, you know, epic bombs and explosions. But, um, yeah. You don't need the bomb. The mm-hmm. bomb. But, you know, at the height of its success, Blackberry uh, Blackberry, Blackberry was like 45% of the market. Yeah, it now, was the bomb at that time. zero percent I was going to say that as many times um, as possible. It's It's gone. And you've got um, Jay uh, Berishal, who I can never say his name. You did, you did um, very well. Glenn Howerton is also in this film. Uh, so, yeah, just a really cool film. Uh, number one for me is a film called uh, Reality. Uh, what? Which... I don't even know that oh, movie. So this is a film which... It's based on a true story, but it <sighs> is... So... There was a girl called Reality, that was her name, who was an American Air Force veteran who Mm. was suspected of leaking agency reports to Russian... No, 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 sorry, that's... No, wait. Okay, no, I'm going to... So basically, it's based on a girl called Reality who was a bit of a whistleblower. She's suspected of leaking some information about Russian hackers Mm. or... um, something like that, Russian hackers. So apparently these Russian hackers had some interference in the 2016 US 
presidential mm. campaign or whatnot. I'm not 100% sure of the details of what she leaked, but she leaked some really pivotal information. Um, and then in 2017, these FBI agents rock up on her doorstep and, you know, they tell her they have a warrant to search her home um, for the possible mishandling of information because she has worked, um, you know, she's got quite a prestigious job and, you know, works with handling that information. But what I like about it, it's a... What follows is almost a real-time reenactment of the interrogation, but the dialogue is pulled word for word um, from the FBI's taped oh, transcript. Right. So it's very authentic um, and it's very bizarre some of the the way these FBI agents play good cop, bad cop to get the information from her. And I think for me it's got Sydney Sweeney in it who, and just watching her as this like really young girl who did something wrong which she thought she was doing was right and just the way that it kind of they pull the information from her it's just a really interesting film it's the filmmaking that I like so yeah and it goes into a little bit more about what she leaked which um yeah is is I didn't quite explain it very well but um I have recently seen this keeps popping up I don't know is it on streaming Yes, it would have okay. recently popped up. That's why, because I did see it and I was going to watch it and I was like, what is this? I'm like, reality, is this like a reality TV show or is it, mm. it's they've it's an interesting choice of um, title because it's picked her name and also it's pulled like basically from the reality of what the interrogation was like. So, yeah, yeah. yeah interesting. I think it's the way they made it. They could have made this film and, you know, completely rewritten it in a way that was more um, movie-based, but they haven't. And it's just really bizarre listening to the conversation, like just some of the stuff, oh, no, I need to make sure my dog is okay. Like, oh, my cat's going to get out if you leave the door open. Just some, like, stuff that you wouldn't hear in an actual film. So, yeah, yeah, really interesting. Um, But, yeah, my number one pick for this year, uh, honourable mentions was uh, Gran Turismo, uh, Sick of Myself, Biosphere, and a film called Origin of Evil. Uh, And then my bottom five, which I haven't really put into order, so I'm just going to mention them. I've got (laughs) Magic Mike's Last Dance, (laughs) Uh, just a terrible film, Uh, a film called The Miracle Club, another one called Dali Land, and then The Equalizer 3. So I don't think that was quite five. Um, (laughs) But, yeah, those are my bottom five. There we go. Excellent. Uh, did you have um, the top ten from uh, Alan there? I do. I do indeed. So Alan, um, who's been listening f- forever um, and often when we're on air, sends us messages when we're like, oh, what was that? And then he's like this little off-air producer who sends us reminders of, oh, it was actually this. And it's like, oh, cool, awesome. Um, so he's done a, a top ten and a bottom three. So he said this this year was really hard because he saw um, so many movies and TV shows he really liked, so there were really few bad ones. And I think that's kind of the same experience that I feel like I've had and Lewis it sounds like you've had as well there were just not that many bad things coming out or maybe we all just made really good choices this year I don't know but um, yeah Alan sounds like he's seen a lot and he hasn't seen much bad so it must have been a good year so his top 10 uh, 
10 to 1. So he's got Blue Beetle. Is that the... Um, that's a DC character film where the, the kid uh, finds a scarab that's beetle. That's right, yeah, yeah. Becomes a hit superhero. Yeah. Number 9 is the Super Mario Brothers movie. Nice. So he's in good, good company there. Eight, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. So all three of us have picked that one. Cool. Um, seven is Song of the Bandits. Mm. I don't know what that is, but it sounds very interesting. Six is Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh, interesting. Got on his list. Well done. Yeah. Uh, five is Ahsoka, which is technically TV show. TV show, but he does. He's not on the show, so he's oh, allowed let, to do let, whatever let it, he let wants. It pass. It'll pass. Basically. Oh yes, number four, Crater. I'm glad someone picked that because I was on the fence about this one. It was the Disney. Um, film where the kids live on the moon and they all are going on an adventure to find the crater. Fair enough. So that's a really bad description of the film. It's probably easier just to watch the trailer. Uh, number three is King the Land. Uh, number two is The Marvels. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and that was not on your list. That was on your honourable mentions, mentions, wasn't yep. it? Mm-hmm. And number one is Dr. Cha. Again, not sure what that one is. I believe it is a... Korean show because he he, he does like Korean movies and TV. Yes, yeah. Honourable mention is Strong Woman, Gangnam Soon, One Piece. (gasps) Oh, Alan, you'd be so proud of me. I watched One Piece, the live action, and loved every second of this. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. One Piece is really good. I didn't think it was for me because it's not my TV show. TV 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 series. Um, Absolutely Mm. loved it. Aww. Really good. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, Secret Invasion, which I think you've seen. Yep, the Marvel TV show, Nick Fury. Yep, and Doctor Who. Oh, Doctor Who is amazing. Three three specials out now on Disney+. Plus. Watch them. They are fantastic. Is this David with um, is the new... Uh, no, you got you got uh, the th- the first two episodes are all David Tennant and um, uh, Catherine Tate. Mm-hmm. Uh, the third episode is mostly David Tennant and Catherine Tate, and then uh, Nakuti Gatway comes into it. I think that's E. Francis' name. I might be wrong, uh, but uh, you know who I'm talking about. The yeah, new I doctor. sure do. I yeah, sure do. He's he's great. He's going to be a great doctor. He's going to have a Doctor Who Christmas special. I'm excited. It's very very good. Um, yeah, but thank you very much, Alan, for the top ten and the. Well, he's bottom three. Yeah. Um, we've got Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Oh. Oh. Megan at number two, which I saw. Oh, Megan was And good. I cannot believe I forgot to mention this <laughs> film. Um, it was hilarious yeah. in the weirdest way. And number one, The Flash. So worst oh. movie of the year for him oh. was The Flash. Oh, oh. oh my heart. Oh. Lewis feels wounded. That's, that's, uh, He'll yeah. get over I'll, it. I'll, I'll let it go. It's fine. Um, now, I'm not going to be back for the, the rest of the year. No. I've got uh, things to do, places to be, people to see. Um, and uh, so I am, yeah, just going to wish everyone a, a, a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year now. Um, but uh, I did something for next year, uh, last weekend. And I wanted to just point this out because uh, people should go and see the Over the Fence Comedy Film Festival next year because I spent eight hours last Sunday uh, with uh, with Greg uh, Coffey and some other people from Over the Fence um, going through 30 uh, short films to select the ones that get into wow. the Over the Fence Comedy Film Festival and there's some great stuff in there. There's some really, really good stuff in there. So uh, I'm, I'm going to be promoting this until it happens but this, if you've never been Over the Fence before, 2024 is the year to go. So it's going to be good. Wicked. Well, on that note, we've got to get out of here. We're almost out of time. We shall – somebody will talk to you tomorrow.
or not tomorrow. Yes, someone will talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> um, but next week. <laughs> These poor people just going, why will no one talk to me? <laughs> Rachel said somebody would, but no one has. Oh, good night on script tonight. See you next. Bye. This podcast has been brought to you by the gentlemen of pop culture.